Live from our sunny Southern California studios, you're listening to Is This Your Playlist? Featuring your hosts, Kendrick and Stephen Michael. Each episode brings musical memories, chart-topping hits, and the ultimate playlist for your ears and soul. Tune in here on Apple Podcasts and on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and now on Spotify. Hey everybody, we are back. I'm back. You are back. I'm back. It's been a minute for me. It's been three minutes actually. It feels like it's past my bedtime with it getting dark like this. I felt like um, I should really hurry along and get back to the house. <laughs> well listeners, we are today we're actually recording at a different location. Uh, we're still in the Coachella Valley, but we're at my friend Kent's house. Uh, this house a uh, special meaning to me because this is the first place that I lived in when I moved to Palm Springs, so I was very happy to kind of, you know, take some of the pressure off of Steven to, you know, have me over there, and we'll just, we're in a different place, and... And it's a really nice place, people. Very nice. Ex- yes, except for the last one that we tried to switch it out. Mm, um, moving forward. Okay. <laughs> um... So Steven's been gone for a few weeks, um, and so he's going to tell you, I already know the answers, but uh, he's going to tell you what's been going on with him, Steven. Hey, um, yeah, I went to Dallas to compete for Mr. Gay US of A, and I uh, did really well. It was a great experience until I did a rocket kick to my face and tore my hamstring, so that was exciting. Um, I'm much better now, so uh, keep your flowers until next time if something else happens. <laughs> your sympathy cards, your get well, meeting, your little messages, it means so much. No, seriously, I had a great time. Out of 27 boys, I placed 7th overall. Not bad for an old man, so thank you very much. Applause, track, insert. Yeah, I don't know where it is. Oh. No, it's somewhere over here. And yeah, I had a great time and uh, was treated great and met some new friends and saw some old ones and I um, always enjoy myself at, uh, at US of A. So uh, thank you for letting me share that. And then Pride. Pride was recently. Yeah. And you were part of that. Um, I was part of that. Um, you know, um, this year's Pride, um, I technically wasn't supposed to be here for that, but we'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> um, I was, I ended up being here and, um, you know, I saw the, the two performers that I wanted to. Um, I saw Christine W on Friday night and, um, I saw, uh, we saw Heather Small from M People on Saturday night. Incredible. And, um, it was, Absolutely amazing. I and the funny thing about Christine W is that she's been around forever, and I've never seen her live before. And she was here Halloween two years ago, maybe on arenas. I mean, she is like, I mean, she, you know, no, she's she, knows her, she knows her audience. Great catalog sure. of music too. Did you see Christine W or no? no? I didn't see her. Oh, I, got, I should have told you. Like she, her outfit was really cool because basically they were just peeling things off of her as they were going along. Like oh, she didn't like she didn't do an outfit change. They were just taking stuff off, and it was just like it just kept changing. I'll yeah, it was really really cool. Good. Um, and she played the guitar, and she played the saxophone, <laughs> and 
And I didn't know she did that, and she sounded amazing. The bass was in your face, though. It's like, if you go to my Facebook and look at the videos, it's like, <gasps> and then you can hear, loving you. <laughs> the bass, because I was on a speaker, and it was just like, I mean, my hair flew back, and I don't and you really don't even have, have any. <laughs> some, some boys. Some. So, um, yeah, so, and then Saturday night was Heather Small from In People, and um, definitely um, her last name does not... Um, describe her voice because you know she was the real deal you know real vocals you know she was singing the tracks but like you know background vocals were were tracks but you know she was singing it no she was amazing and uh she had her little pink you know she had cool. garb on she had a lurk she <laughs> was in her lurk <laughs> she had a like a, a pink two-piece that matched and it was sleeveless <laughs> and plunging in the neckline and she was giving you chest thrust. She was doing her little thing. She was giving pow, 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 pow. <laughs> and she had a gray wig on that was very curly and kinky and it was very interesting. I loved her. I thought she was amazing. Yes. We, I, we stayed right up against the stage. I kept rotating around, but you were planted. Yeah. And I would join for a minute and then video and then run away for a minute and it was she was amazing she did what five or six songs she did uh, one night in heaven started with that um she did how can i love you more which love i was it. which i was surprised Dying. i was genuinely surprised um cypher sore eyes which was amazing oh that was the other one search for the hero search for the hero and proud, proud. and moving, moving on, on up. up so when you and i were talking about this the other day um i was surprised and i think you probably were too that she didn't do open up your heart because yeah, no, I think it's probably, we just love it so much. <laughs> well, it was a hit, I mean, along with yeah. all the other ones. But, Lots of um, other hits. Too. She seemed very, you know, she seemed very cool. It was the first time she's ever been here. You met her afterwards. I met her afterwards, yes. I was, um, I was envious over that. Oh. Oh. That doesn't happen very often. I know. <laughs> Take it. Okay. So, um... Yeah, so I met her afterwards, and when I took the picture with her, kind of in her ear, I said, oh, I saw you in 1993 at the Smash Hits Road Shows, and she just said, bloody hell, that was a long time ago. And I was like, <laughs> I go, yeah, Eternal, and Bat Boys Inc., and EYC, and she's like, I haven't heard those people's names in a long time, blah, blah, blah. So oh, come was, on, accent. Thank You're you. almost bilingual. Thank you. I told you I'm British in another life. Yes. So, um, yeah, so that was very cool. Um, and then, you know, along with those um, acts... TLC performed, and I heard they were really good. Um, Pepper Mache performed, and I heard she was really good. I'm sure. Um, and then, you know, across the across the city at another at a bar called Two Cans, um, Sun mm, Saturday night they had La Bouche. Oh yeah. And supposedly in vogue, but we're now not I sure. But now I heard, and I didn't hear. That was my foot. Okay, I was like, oh, <laughs> You're like, oh I'm, I'm hearing watching. things. I'm hearing things. Um, so yeah, um, I don't know. If, well, because we were looking for invoke stuff yeah, the other day, and it didn't find much. Like, I mean, so that could have been a rumor. Yeah. So, but they were on the little, um, like, if you went to the Two Cans website, it was like Saturday night, Labouche, seven o'clock, invoke nine o'clock. But you know, whatever. So um, yeah, so that was fun. Um, I performed a few times. I had a good time. You performed four times? Yes. Because that's how you roll? Well, I mean, they don't give me much of an opportunity, so I jump on the stage, and we have a visitor here that wants to play ball. Eli, go sit down. Eli, that's the one. We have a furry friend in the studio today. Um, so, 
Yeah, so you, um, now two of them were on your own, correct? And then two of them were Sunday, with... Yeah, Sunday I performed twice alone, and I had a few flag um, flaggers in town, some of the guys that flagged uh, Oscars. And then on uh, Saturday night, we had two production numbers, and it was a great time. And we, that the bigger crowds were Saturday night, I think, also because the sun was down. And Sunday, the sun was just beating straight down on this chair. So everyone was t around the Kaiser Grill, like, in the shadows, like, trying to, trying to get some shade. <laughs> <laughs> so I performed basically at 2 o'clock. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, I saw some video. I saw one of them. I don't know which one it was, but I saw one of your one of your solo things. Yeah, we had a good time. Um, do. Yeah, um, that is definitely your thing. You it's, love that. It's my thing. Yeah, and I'm happy for you that, that you like that. Um, Same. Um, so I mean, well, you've been doing it long enough, sister. <laughs> a few years, a couple years. Yes. So yeah, so that's what we've been up to. Um, Oh, Gay Pride. Well, you don't know much about this story, but I had to. I worked Gay Pride weekend at our gym. It was insane. Holy smokes. It was just effing insane. And you were in there for like five minutes. And it was uh, insane for I had you. my blinders on. I felt so bad. I'm like, if I stop and do anything, I will get trapped in here. I love. Ah, I'm getting face. I'm getting. Purse lips, I'm getting, <laughs> I threw myself down and titted on out. Let me tell you though, because when he came walking through, me and another guy that works there, Marty, we, I kind of looked at him and he looked at me and I was just like, I, he, Stephen Michael walks by me and I go, dodged a bullet, didn't you? And he said, <laughs> yeah, I did. Because he, he was supposed to work for me that that day. But and I was quick to go, so, since you're not going to go. Dot in italics. <laughs> Great. I, I was like, <laughs> I'm busy. Thank you. I was like, you evil bitch. No, I mean it was it was just crazy, and yes. like one of our computers was down, and it's just nuts. And it's you nuts. know, people in power weren't around, and it was just like it was stressful. I was inputting stuff for like four days after that. I'm not even kidding. Like <laughs> to our listeners, it was Gay Pride in Palm Springs, and we run a gay-owned and operated gym, straight friendly. But it is <laughs> so it is the place to be white party weekend or gay pride and it is it's just fucking insane. I'm sorry. Yeah, dropped it, dropped the F bomb. Sorry. It was, it was crazy. It's nuts. I mean, like somebody asked me if it was if it was if it was better if it was uh, like white party weekend, I go, Oh no. White party weekend is in the rearview mirror. Yeah, no. Like no, no. we're it's back there. But now it's <laughs> now it's soon. Time flies, people. Live your lives. Oh my goodness, crazy. So, um, so that's what we've been doing. So we're going to kind of get ourselves together and um, stay tuned for our favorite duos of all time. It takes two to make a thing go right. Here on <laughs> Is This Your Playlist. Hey, ever thought about doing a podcast and didn't know where to begin? Same here. We checked out anchor.fm on the web and on the app on our phone and we are hooked up. Try it today and get started like we have. Our podcast, Is This Your Playlist, is up and running. Welcome back, listeners. Um, I'm Kedrick. And Stephen Michael. And we are here today um, in the Coachella Valley plush new studio for the week. Um, and we're uh, discussing our favorite duos of all time. Um, I mean, besides us. I mean. I mean, there's that. I mean, there's <laughs> us. There's, first, first out of the gate, us. Amazing duos. Yeah, but we can't talk about us. Mm. Well, we just did for 10 minutes. 
So that's that. Where's my little light thing? <laughs> you said you didn't have no, it. No, I didn't. I do have it. I just don't know where it is. Okay, we're back in okay, the Okay, anyway. Oh, yes, we have... Watch your head, little one. We have a ramic... Well, we have a, a plate, a bowl full of candy, and I'm about ready to do some nerds. Nerds. I've got Laffy Taffy in hand, and there's a sweet tart, but it, they're kind of not... I'm not featuring it too terribly much. Crunch, crunch, crunch. Nerds. Don't let the, you eat, oh my God. <laughs> okay, so he's crunching and I'm taking over. So, hi everyone, Stephen Michael. <laughs> As nerves get spit all over me. Okay, there we go. Yeah, oh, you're back. Okay, okay there I'm back. Um, yes. So we're gonna talk about stretch duos. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll talk about guys first. Um, so in my research, you know, I picked, oh God, I had to, there's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot of fucking guys. A lot of guys. So I'm going to just I'm gonna do um, one that we haven't really talked about too much or at all. I mean, you got you to gotta give it up to Wham. Love. You know? Um, and you know I love a fun fact. Absolutely. So Here Wham. the facts, people. So um, they've sold 30 million albums. Um, Make It Big was number one in the UK and the US. Um, Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go, Everything She Wants, Careless Whisper, all number one songs in the U.S. Um, Freedom was also number one in the U.K. Um, they were the first Western pop group to do um, uh, shows in China. Um, they had a big, that was a big thing in 1985. And then on June 28, 1986, it was their final concert at Wembley Stadium. Then they didn't record it. I don't understand that. <laughs> um... Yeah, so Wham. Didn't, um, wasn't Freedom him solo, or was that No, that was Carol Swisper. Uh-uh, uh-uh, no way. Yeah. Mm. Never gonna Fun dance facts. again, safety free. Uh, George Michael, Andrew Ridgely, loved them. Like I said, I saw Andrew on uh, Graham Norton recently, and he was talking about something that him and his wife and um, her duo, duet partner, Pepsi and Shirley, of course. We'll be talking, I'm sure, about them later. Um, they did something for him in honor of him. And, um, yeah, he did a lot of things that a lot of people didn't really know about uh, charity and donating money to, um, yeah, he did a lot of stuff. He was a special man. And I love Wham! and have their greatest hits. Love it. I kind of think that, like, they weren't... You know, I kind of think they didn't get the credit that they deserve because, I mean, even he, like, you know, he kind of feels like Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go, like, kind of, like, killed his crowd credibility. But it's like, for the time period, you know, the video and the, everything, it was just, I mean, it was a number one hit all over the place. So you're doing something right. You know what I mean? Oh, the fans are calling in. Um, God bless it. Um, so, um, <laughs> in like the only time they came to America that I remember, they came in 1985 and, um, they played Hollywood Park in Hollywood, California, excuse me, and, um, Shaka Khan and Katrina and the Waves opened. Oh, fun. <laughs> Katrina. Which one does not belong? No offense. Shaka Khan. Oh. I think Shaka. Really? I mean, I'm sure they sang, They had to sing something. I'm sure. Oof, that would have been awesome. Um, but, you know, I mean, like, their first album, Fantastic, is probably one of my favorite 
you know, albums of all time. I think, ooh, I, think ooh. We, I think we did talk about that um, in, one of our, in one of our episodes. Best so, album. So, um, yeah, and they were going to do, in 2006, there was talk of them doing one show at Wembley Stadium that Christmas, you know, just like a one-off, and I wish they had done it because I would have went. I would have gone. I would have gone. I would have gone. It would just been awesome. Um, cause they're on my, they're on my forever bucket list of, of ones that I didn't get to see and I never will. So, um, so I'm kind of sad about that, but I've seen George, uh, solo a few times. So that's, so that's been cool. So, um, Steven, who did you choose for your male duos? Oh my goodness. I mean, so many options. I'm sure we have some of the same options. I bet we do. Yeah. Um, I'm just actually going to go more current. I am going to say the chain smokers. Chain smokers, boom, boom. Yes, come on. American DJ production duo consisting of Alexander Alex, Paul, and Andrew Drew Taggart. And they're totally fun. I mean, they've done collaborations with a ton of people. Um, uh, Halsey is a, a big one. And they've won tons of Grammy Awards, American Music Awards, two of those, seven Billboard Music Awards as of late. And then um, nine iHeartRadio Music Awards. Um, yeah, I think the highest paid uh, DJ on the, the Forbes list of 2019 of celebrities, I believe. Yeah, highest paid DJs. He's thrown in Calvin Harris. Mm. What? Yeah, according to Wikipedia. It's okay, Calvin Harris is still cuter. He is cute. Oh my God. Um, Chainsmokers. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, here's the thing. They, you know, the first single was Selfie, and <laughs> I joke about it all the time. I, I mean, we love here's it. the thing. My my ex-boyfriend hated it. He hated it, hated it, hated it. That was the worst song in the world, but he liked that Fox song, What Would the Fox Say? Don't get me started, please. I won't. Anyway, so Selfie is one of those songs that, for the, when it came out, it was just what was happening. I mean, 2014, you couldn't, you know, everybody was taking selfies. Hey, can I take a selfie? Ooh, can I take a selfie? And just the song is so funny. It's and so like, vapid we, and, we, it's, and funny. It's so vapid. <laughs> I mean, because like, and Steve and Michael and I will be at work and won't be like, Jason just texted me. What a creep. I mean, just like out of nowhere. And it's just like, what? And it's like. We know what you're talking about. Like the girl, like the girl with the, wait, wait she goes. The girl with the, the leopard skin dress on, that's so ra Ra ratchet. That's so ratchet. <laughs> Who goes out on a Monday? <laughs> oh, but I'm here, by the way. Um, and, you know, I don't know how much, I don't know how much the Chainsmokers kind of embraced that song, because it seems like after that, they that's when they really got... Fine. Okay, don't you Come on. Um, I'm calling in. No, it was... It was <laughs> Um, so, you know, because like when I see compilations or some on Spotify of Chainsmokers, Selfie is nowhere to be found. It's like, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's... Well, the it, version I think I have something about, they must have done some campaign. If you wanted to be in the uh, Chainsmokers <laughs> Selfie video, I guess you had to send your selfie or hashtag or whatever or something anyway. So, yeah, they're very involved with their fans and very successful in Vegas doing and, their thing. Yeah, and they... Um, they're about uh, they're about to go on tour with Five Seconds of Summer. Oh, interesting. They're doing a, I know, right? They're doing a, kind of a joint thing there, so that'll be interesting. But um, come on, Drew, go on, Alex, go on, man. That's a great that's a great uh, choice. Thanks. That's a really good one. Yeah, no yes. problem. That's cool. So um, I will uh, let's see. I'll choose another one. Do it. Um, my favorite 
One of my favorite male duos is probably the band that I've seen more than any other band, um, and they are Erasure. Yes. Um, Vince Clark, Andy Bell. You know, put together. Uh, they came together in 1985. Um, they were the fourth project for Vince Clark after Depeche Mode, Yazoo, and The Assembly. And Vince was, you know, he had that reputation for, you know, kind of like, let's put something together and it's really good and let's just break it up. <laughs> um, because it got too successful. I never really understood that with him. It's like, okay, whatever. So with Erasure, um, hold on a second. Notes. With Erasure, um... <laughs> <laughs> was that little move? Oh my God, you were like very like, no, you're not going to see. I wasn't looking. No, no, I was going to put my notes away. So, <laughs> so Erasure came together and their first three singles flopped. Um, Who Needs Love Like That, Heavenly Action, Olamore. And then Sometimes Hit, and that was the start of their... Trajectory. I thought he was gonna. I thought he was gonna fill it in. So, so yeah. So that was the reason that Vince stayed. And I mean, they are gonna celebrate thirty-five years together as a band. And I've seen them more times than anyone else. And um, they deliver every time. I don't. You you saw them like yeah, eighty-nine or ninety, like. No, I just saw them about three or four years ago at the Bear Convergence. My friend Trinity Taylor and her friend Chantel Sparkles were her, their fembot type of backup <laughs> on their on his tour. He okay. was touring around. This was, uh, I would say, a good four to five to six years ago. So, you, but yeah, you haven't seen the band like you. No, he was just he was solo. Oh, we need to, next time they come around. We need to go because they are so good live. Andy's solo can be kind of dodgy sometimes, but his music, his solo songs are really good and they're really like dancey and electronic. But like the stage show, I've seen it a couple times. I'm like, but, them, but but them like together, stop is, drama. Um, Chains of Love, Dying. Oh my God! When I came out, that song was hot. Yeah, that's what. Uh, yeah, when I was doing my research. Um, Chains of Love was the biggest so U.S. Good. hit here, number 12. Oh, I need to put that on a Spotify playlist. I'm yeah. sorry. And, I, and here's the thing. I, I've been following them since the start. So, you know, um, American success kind of eluded them. I mean, they t the first time I saw them, they were open for Duran Duran on the 1987 uh, Notorious Tour, which was amazing for me at 16. Um, but, like, U.S. Mm, and then, like, I heard Chains of Love on the radio, and I was just like... Really, Chains of Love. It was sort of like, like with the fans that were, you know, we consider ourselves like the hardcores. We're like, Chains of Love. I mean, for us, it was like Chains of Love was just another song, and it wasn't. And it was like, oh, that's gonna be the next single, you know, that kind of thing. And it just hit big here, and you know, followed by a little respect, oh, and then yes. they had always. And it was funny because I went to see them on that tour, The Innocence, and um, at the Hollywood Palladium, and you know. If you didn't know their history, you kind of didn't know what to expect. So they come out, and he's like in a tutu. <laughs> and in the in a, gig. You know, yeah, tutu, one piece, heels, and the whole nine. And like, I remember like there were these like Latino kids next to me, and they were just like, what? Well, and it was what? sort of like, I don't even know if cell, I don't think cell phones were around then. But like, they were doing, people were doing something else, and then Chains of Love came on. It's like, and then they're like, so you could tell the people that were just there for that. But what about Blue Savannah? 
love dying for love that, right? Banana. I mean, That's good. They good have stuff. such they have such great they have such great stuff. Um, and let me just do my little fucking um, <laughs> fun facts. So they won the 1989 Brits Award for Best British British Group. They've sold 25 million albums. They are 35 years together. Um, Andy was one of the first openly gay performers. And I think he kind of came along same time as like Jimmy Somerville and, and that lot. And I remember when Erasure came out when they did Who Needs Love Like That. I mean, he sounded just like Alison Moyet. It was like, okay, Vince, so you're trying to get another elf, you know? Um, but yeah, they just, um, they have just delivered and delivered and delivered. And the music is still great. So um, yeah. So my my second choice was Erasure and All Steve. Hell Erasure Hell. Yes. Um my I think this can be what final choice for this seg this segment. Um I know you've got notes on this this duo. Um according to Guinness Book of World Records, this uh duo is the most successful in UK music history. Um, three-time Brit Award winner, six-time Grammy nominee. Since 85, they've achieved 42 top 30 singles, 22 of them top 10 hits in the UK. Blah, blah, blah. Facts, facts. Amazing, amazing, amazing accomplishments. Pet Shop Boys. Neil Tennant, Chris Love. Yes. Um, English synth-pop duo formed in London in 81, and their music is quintessential for my days in Atlanta, circa late 80s, early 90s. They're amazing. Yeah. Dying for them. Um, Pet Shop Boys, yeah. Um, West End Girls was one of my, you know, the songs that came out, the original one came out in, like, 1984, and it was one of those songs along with, uh, Divine's Native Love, Dead or Alive, You Spin Me Around, Expose, Point of No Return, Debbie Deb, Lookout Weekend. Those songs were like quintessential to my young 14-year-old coming out to my friend's era. And uh, Pet Shop Boys, they have just, you know what? They're just like Erasure. They have delivered and delivered and delivered. Their shows, like they didn't tour for the first, let's see, they didn't tour until um, the album with Being Boring. So that was like 91. So they didn't tour for the first mm. four albums. And then I saw them in concert at the Universal Amphitheater, and it was, it was really good. It was, it was sparse because Chris doesn't really move. Neil kind of sings and doesn't kind of move, but they have like projection stuff and dancers and headdresses, and it's just. I mean, I saw them. Steve and I saw them probably like two, like about three years ago. And um, they're just, you know, I mean, their music is great. They're amazing. Um, so many songs. I mean, like, I, I've kind of realized that my two favorite songs from them are Love Comes Quickly from the first album and then Can You Forgive Her. And um, I was, the first time I went to England in 93, um, Can You Forgive Her came out and I brought it back over. And, you know, my friends are like, what is this? Where'd you get this from? England. That's it. That's it. <laughs> uh, my two probably would be opportunities and um, oh gosh, well, well, the streets have no name. It was, it was just, oof, yeah. You do like that when you talk about that. I love that song, right? <laughs> and Domino Dancing was fierce being born. I mean, so many. And there were and and the, and it's funny because like Neil Tennant used to write for Smash Hits magazine, and I guess. I guess Miss Neil Tennant was a little bit shady to people, and then it's like, oh, now you're a singer. 
<laughs> collabs with many people. Liza. Yeah. Uh, oh, so Dusty, good. Dusty Springfield. Dusty Springfield. Um, he's, they've written for um, Eighth Wonder. They've written for Kylie. They've written for Girls Aloud. Yes. Um, and yeah, Pet Shop Boys are Take good. that, Robbie Williams, Elton John. Well, they went on tour with, te- with Take That on their progress tour. That was really amazing. David Bowie. Um, yeah, they... Years and years. They did... They did a couple of songs on Robbie Williams' Rude Box album, to, you know, together, and that's how they got. That's kind of how they got to take that tour because Robbie was on the tour, and you know they were working with him. And so that's Red cool. Shot boys rule. So um, love them still. All right, keep producing. So keep doing we, it. So we are going to get our notes together for segment two, and um, stay tuned because coming up, we're going to talk about the girls. Hey, this is Brent Hines of Probe 7, and you're listening to Is This Your Playlist with your hosts Kedrick and Stephen Michael. Hey, everybody. We're back. I am with Kedrick, and I am Stephen Michael, and we're talking about amazing duos in music. And this next segment is all about the girls, and it's all about Mel and Kim. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just go ahead and get into it. We'll lobby it around the bush. <laughs> if you're a follower of the podcast, you're well aware that we're not afraid to say those words. <laughs> we love Mel and Kim. They were a British pop duo, consisting, uh, consisting, that's lovely, edit, <laughs> consisting of sisters Melanie and Kim Appleby. Um, unfortunately, we lost one of them. Melanie uh, passed away from cancer in 1990, and she was 23, and they had a great career ahead of them and so we love their music and they just they rock us and we love them mel and kim yes they came out in 1986 um first single was showing out mm. and produced by our you know amazing trio stock Aiken waterman yes. um that was that was one of their f- biggest ones at the time and it was also if you listen to mel and kim stuff Mel and Kim stuff sounds a bit different, and it wasn't as like you know um, how they had the factory right. sound. Showing out was very like urban and you know you know clubby and you know and they were so cute. Like their outfits were just like so amazing, and they were just you know awesome. And um, you know, and of course, you know the big one came after that, respectable mm-hmm. and. And it's just like, I mean, we play, it plays at the store, or at the store, at the gym probably, at least, every week at least it's on something. I try and put it on something. But it's just like, it stands the test of time, that song. It's just, it's fresh sounding. And um, just, I watched the video the other day and it was just like, you know, they just, that was just them doing their thing. It wasn't like contrived or super choreographed they were just like two sisters that were just they really just made it big have you borrowed the box set from me yet i have not okay uh dear bifford sent us uh (laughs) sent the studio a box set of their singles i think there's about seven or nine of them and um there's great handwritten notes um with kim talking about certain things in the uh, sleeve of the booklet. So it's really, it's nice. It's very done very well. Nice. And there's only 103 remixes of Respectable. So <laughs> just, just know each one has 100 remixes. Only, th- only 100. I mean, 
<laughs> Dab one, two, three, four, edit. Instrumental edit. with exactly. vocal, instrumental uh-huh. done. Um, exactly. You know, and then they had, um, you know, uh, FLM, and so that's good. the way it, it is, was the, was the final single. And um, um, Stephen always kind of talks about... Um, from a whisper to a scream, is that your is that your jam, your, uh, your album than, track? More than words <laughs> more than can say, <laughs> and whatever it is, oxygen. Yeah. To me, um, I love. I'm the one who really loves That's you. Good too. Which was like a U.S. single, which was strange. And this is all the same album, right? Yeah. I mean, the whole thing yeah. is great. So just <laughs> we'll get just, it. We'll sit, yeah. Um, and um, you know, Kim, you know, she had her she had a very very cute solo career and. I kind of listened to some of the songs, Don't Worry, G-L-A-D, and it's like, those could have been Mel and Kim songs, oh, and I think that they were probably written around the time, you know, that time, um, and um, she was dating Craig Logan from Bross at the time, and, you know, he was her producer, and he produced her music, and just really cute, and she had Hey Mama, or Mama, and then she had Free Love, and then she quit for a long time, but now she's back. And she does like the 80s clubs or the 80s concert circuit overseas. And um, she didn't sing Mel and Kim songs for a long time. She just said she would just, you know, she wanted to kind of just separate herself from that. But now she's singing them again. And I'll be honest with you, I've seen a lot of interviews with Pete Waterman. And Pete Waterman doesn't really have that much emotions about things. But when he talks about um, Mel... He's, I mean, he get, I saw one interview where he actually started to get teary eyed mm. because I mean, she had, she was, you know, they were going to blow up. I mean, yeah, they, they were blowing were up already yeah. and she was so young and, um, you know, um, to, and to have to kind of go through that for, for definitely for Kim, like, cause and if you watch some of the Stock Aiken Waterman documentaries, you'll see there's times when Kim had to go by herself before they could really tell anyone that Melanie was, you know. Cause, and they do the, the typical thing, oh, you're by yourself, oh yeah, Mel's sick, get well. You know, it's like, you can't right. really say anything. And, um, yeah, Mel and Kim, I mean. I mean, all hell, Mel and Kim, Kim hell. hell. I mean, yeah, that's I mean, it. I think that's the reason why we decided to do this, probably. <laughs> I think we just want to talk about them. <laughs> so that's the reason for this podcast, so thank you, Mel and Kim. Thank for just you. For just being. Just yeah. being amazing. Oh, God, they're so awesome. So fierce. So, um, so I'm going to talk about, um, you know, my favorite female duo right now. And, um, it's, uh, two lasses named Marcella Detroit and Miss Siobhan Fahey. And they are collectively called Shakespeare's sister. Um, uh, number one, Stay was number one in the UK for eight weeks back in the day, which kind of caused friction for them because Siobhan didn't really want to do it. And she thought it wasn't like, um indicative of what their sound was and she was kind of pushed to the back and you know she comes in at the end and it's like okay great but um you know for those of you who don't know she was in Bananarama for the first six years of their career and she left um in 1988 to do you know her own solo project uh Shakespeare's Sister and I remember like getting the first couple of singles Break My Heart and Heroin and I was like, oh, that's what she sounds like? Because she's down nothing in her mom. <laughs> and she, was, she had a deep voice and I wouldn't have, I guess I didn't know what she sounded like with Bananarama because they just have a sound and I don't know which one is which and they all right, just right. kind of merge. Excuse me. Oh, and, um, looking for? and, uh, thank you. And, uh, <laughs> and, um, so, you know, she had Break My Heart and Heroin and, 
then uh, your history was the first, you know, breakthrough. And that was when, you know, they had hired Marcel Detroit as like session singer, backup singer. And, you know, eventually it was just, it was the two of them. I mean, I can't think of Six Your Sister without the two of them. I didn't know that it was just Shaban. It was, well, that's how it was, that's how it was supposed to be at the beginning mm -hmm. of, um, if you look at the early singles before your history, it's just her on the cover, Shabon. Oh, sure. And, um, and so, yeah, your history was first big hit. And then they had, you know, second album, Hormony, Hormonally Yours was uh, very strange to do. They said in interviews because they were both pregnant. Like, oh Lord, <laughs> you know, I'm sure that, you know, I don't care. I'm sure they were like, I don't care if you talk about me. I don't <laughs> Has a little bit of extra meaning now. Um, and, um, and I told, and I was talking to you about this a while back, how, um, you know, at the 1993 Ivor, Ivor Novello Awards, which is a songwriting awards show in England, big, huge show, uh, they won for stay <laughs> so marcella gets on stage and she's like thank you blah 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 siobhan couldn't be with us blah 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 blah." and then like this siobhan's like um they call them solicitors mm. you know uh lawyers or whatever gets on stage and dramatically reads this letter from siobhan basically saying thanks for all the time we've had together but we're broken up now <laughs> surprise <laughs> find out with everyone else and if you could see marcella's face it was just like and and so that was the end. Fast forward 26 years later, uh, there was, you know, this infamous picture of them on Instagram, the two of them, um, black and white, at a coffee shop in L.A. And I remember seeing it and just kind of going, oh, boy, it's happening. It's going to happen. <laughs> it's happening. And um, because, like I said, you know, because I went to see Bananarama, the original lineup, and I remember telling people, it's like, if she's mending her fences with Bananarama, then Shakespeare's sister's only a matter of time. Because if she's going to do this, she will do this. And when they just, and when they, uh, I think I was at work when they, when they uh, said they were going to do something and I probably freaked out. I think you did. And, um, you know, they put out Singles Party and they're on tour right now. And I was supposed to go and see them last week. And, um, you know, series of events went down and um, I didn't get to go. And uh, I'm totally cool with that. You know, England will always be there. And I think, I'm pretty sure they're going to come to America because now there's things online that are kind of like alluding to it. Oh, good. So, um, you know, I really, really, I really, really love them. And Siobhan, you know, she has a very special place in my heart. And um, I hope I get to see them live because I didn't get to see them the first time, so... Um, so yeah, Shakespeare's sister, that's mine. Um, and Steven's going to pick it up with his second choice. Uh, just quickly about Shakespeare's sister on my end. Um, it's fine. No, I mean, I, you know, their music definitely a lot more than me. I love stay. I worship your history. The lyrics are just, it's, they're amazing. And it's a scream. Um, literally. so yes, it, huh? Literally. Literally. <laughs> literally. <laughs> yeah, no, Shakespeare's sister is totally fun. And, um, yeah, I know you were disappointed you couldn't go, but I'm hopefully they will get to come this way. Stateside. Stateside, yeah. Stateside. Hopefully so. Uh, we mentioned them earlier. Um, Pepsi and Shirley were um, 
an, an amazing duet, a duo partner. I think that they're still together on what tours, you think? Are they, they still do, doing they that? Do, yeah, they do the occasional 80s tour. They were birthed from Wham. Um, they were backup singers from Wham, yeah? Yeah. And then they did a, a solo slash duo gig. Yeah. Yeah, they were, at first they, it was it was DC Lee and Shirley, and then DC Lee left to uh, marry Paul Weller and join the Style Council, and that's when they got Pepsi. And Pepsi was there for the better part of, you know, the, you know, make it big era. And, um, yeah, they were always, like, I, I could never, like, I can't think of Wham without thinking of them because they were just, they were so quintessential to the, to the visual to time, of, sure. of who they were, you know? And, um, I mean, if you watch the live in China, I mean, you know, Andrew's got his guitar and he's kind of over there and George is dancing and the girls are right behind him, like on either side and they're all doing their thing. And I just couldn't imagine one without the other. So when Wham broke up, I mean, I, I kind of, I kind of thought that they would do something, but then I thought, well, I don't, cause you never really, you never really heard how they sounded because they were just backup. Sure. You know? So, you know, when the first, <laughs> when Heartache came out, I don't know where you were, but I was, you know, I was 16 years old in Bakersfield and, and we heard it was coming out and we drove down to get it and it was just like, wow. I mean, they sounded great. I mean, Heartache is a great song. That, that also plays at the gym probably twice it's, it's a week. amazing. <laughs> I think that's one of the um, many songs that we drove from Nashville to Atlanta, Bifford and I, and went to let the music play in Midtown and got it on vinyl. He would always have his little list of the hot songs that we would hear at the Warehouse 28 when we first came out, shadily sneaking in at 18 in Nashville. <laughs> but um, yeah, Heartache, It's a Shame Shame, um, Goodbye Stranger, All Right Now, they covered that, which is fierce. Um, they, yeah, they rock still. And they had, and a lot of people don't know, they had a single past the album, it was called Someday, and it was written by George, and uh, it just kind of didn't, I don't know, I just, I don't know why they didn't do better, but I think they were just a little, I think they were just a little too kitschy, at the, you know, there was, because like, I mean, if you watch Heartache performances, it's like they had those, what, poodle skirts, or, you know, just, all kind of crazy stuff, and uh, but they were great. And, also, um, Stock Aiken and Waterman, and that was on the down low because like Stock Aiken and Waterman, they wanted to do it for, they wanted to write it for them, but they wanted, they didn't want to put their name on it because they wanted them to to kind of do it on their own. And um, you know, I love a fun fact. Um, so Heartache only got to number two, and it was uh, kept off the number one spot by. George Michael and Aretha Franklin, I knew you were waiting wow. for me. It's like, oh, our boss is keeping us off the top. Okay. Thanks, George. Remember where you stay. <laughs> I mean that, but you know what I mean. So, um, yeah, so that's cool, Pepsi and Shirley. I actually got to see them um, on the Hit Factory tour uh, about seven years ago, and that was really cool, and uh, it was great to see them. Um, so I think um, I think we're going we're gonna to dust off our... Uh, our shoes, and we're gonna we're gonna come back with the mixed duos, boy and girl. Um, so stay tuned on is this your playlist. Stay tuned here for more musical madness, crazy antics, and wicked opinions from hosts Kedrick and Stephen Michael. Each week, a new episode airs here on Anchor and across all podcast platforms.
Podcasts are the new in thing. It seems like everybody has one, but not everybody knows how to get it started. Well, I'm here to tell you there's one place to go where you can get everything going, and that is Anchor. Go to www.anchor.fm and they will start you off and you will have the coolest podcast out there. Hey listeners, we're back. Um, Season 2, episode 12, Duos. Um, I'm here with Stephen Michael, um, who has returned from the dead, and uh, he's uh, he's he's back. Yeah, pretty much. And so um, he's back with me, and um, we are covering our favorite duos. Um, and we uh, did male duos and female duos, and now we're going to do the mixed duos. And um, you know, that's a that's always an interesting dichotomy to have one of each because you know that mix of testosterone and estrogen can sometimes probably be like explosive good and explosive bad. So, um, so my first choice for the mixed duos there, I mean, there's so many that in my research that I was kind of like, let me just pick one that, that I know I haven't really talked about very much. Um, and they were called Carmen, Carmine, Carmen. And they, um, they had a big song called broken hearted, and um, they had a song called Hello, and um, um, came out like 2012, and um, Amy Renee Noonan and Nick Noonan, and they kind of started off as a novelty act, but then they were releasing um, covers on YouTube. They were one of the first YouTube sensations. Signed to Epic Records, and um, so they had, like I said, they had Broken Hearted and Hello, and a friend of mine who I used to work with at Trader Joe's in Hollywood, he really loved them, and he turned me on to them, and I turned him on to the Saturdays. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> For each. Um, and, um, Amy was the winner of the Women Who Rock 2012 contestants on, um, I'm sorry, 2012 contest on, <clears throat> um, God, I can't think, uh, Rolling Stone. Hmm. And um, they left Epic, and they've been releasing stuff ever since then. They've been really big in Australia and New Zealand, and um, yeah, so. I don't know them. I wish I could add to it, other than my honesty. You probably would know Broken Hearted if I, you know, if I was to play it for you. I think you're going to play it for me soon. I will play it for you, yes. So, um, So, so great choice. Thank you. You can get me back on four by four if you can. Okay. Oh, go okay. Ahead. Here we go. Go ahead. More on that later. <laughs> um, my first uh, duo of this seg segment um, is um, a married couple who had most of their success in the seventies. They hosted their own television variety series on ABC seventy six to seventy seven. They had a good number of hits, and they had one number one that actually went and won record of the year, and that's Captain and Tennille. Love will keep us together. Captain. Oh wow! I didn't. I thought you were gonna say Sonny and Cher. Oh, I, they were on my. They're on my list too. <laughs> I didn't know Captain and Tennille had their own. Oh yes, I did know they had their own show. Yeah, Sonny and Cher. I think were longer than that. But um, yeah, Tony Tennille and Daryl Dragon, the captain. Um, yeah, they had a lot of uh, success, mostly in the 70s, and Neil Sedaka, um, of course, their, his hit, Love Will Keep Us Together, they covered, it reached number one on Billboard at nine weeks at, uh, and after its debut in 75, and went on to win a Grammy Award for Record of the Year. 
It sold over a million copies. Captain Antonio was one of those funny things because I was I was really young when they came out, and they were almost like they were like, <laughs> they were like the pre Holland Oates kind of thing. <laughs> like she was very like she was very like out there, and he was very kind of like Chill. in the back. <laughs> and um, one of the things that I've always you know, because you and I follow music and, and we follow stuff from Europe and beyond and all that stuff. I'm surprised that, like, their stuff hasn't been remade more. I wonder if there's a codicil. I wonder if she has, like, some sort of codicil that says that their stuff can't be remade. I mean, I don't know. The, only, the only cover I've heard of them was Amber, Dance Amber, did a cover of Do That To Me One More Time. That's the only cover I've... Mm. I've never heard a cover of Love Will Keep Us Together. And you would think that would be the one that everybody would do because that was the big one. Um, and Muskrat Love. <laughs> there's, there's a song on an album cut called Angel Eyes. Or Angel Face. Angel Face. They used to call it, used to call me Angel Face. Aww. Aww. Not you, the song. No, I meant, I meant they called you Angel Face a little bit. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> at one point um, <laughs> so yeah alright well um, I'll just move along with um, um, definitely one of the biggest if, I think if not the biggest well they're, I think they're on the same level as of like the Carpenters and I can Tina Turner and Sonny and Cher um, but um, they dated for a while before for their mainstream success. <clears throat> um, and they came out, their big song came out in 1983. And if you were of the MTV generation, you were kind of like, who is this woman with bright orange hair? Mm. Her oh, name's yeah. Danny Lennox. Absolutely. And wow, well, think about them, actually. And, and he was, uh, and Dave Stewart was her, her sidekick. And they came out with Sweet Dreams, and it was such a quintessential song for the 80s. It, it was like, nobody sounded like them, and nobody looked like that. And she had an androgynous look, but she was very feminine at the same time. Does that make any sense? Absolutely. Um, so, like, for me, Love is a Stranger was the big song for me, and that's the one who started it off. Um, you know, in 1984, they won the Best New Artist uh uh, award on the first MTV VMA performances episode and uh, they won in 1987 a Grammy for the best performance by duo or group um, see I think a lot of people kind of just kind of poo-pooed them off at the beginning because they were kind of like kitschy and novelty-ish but like she can sing they can write music and they were amazing. I mean, definitely, they kind of, I feel like they found their stride when Would I Lie to You came out. That was the one that I feel like in 1985, that was just like, you couldn't get away from that song. Mm. And, um, I mean, Missionary Man. Oh, I, I mean, was about to say. <laughs> I mean, that was just like, that was her, hey, like, hey, you hey. know, yeah. It was just... They're amazing, and sisters are doing it for themselves with Aretha Franklin. I mean, they just really just went from strength to strength to strength, and I think they went kind of, they went away from like the synth poppy down to like, you know, um, just really serious stuff. Um, I actually got to see them 
1989 on the We Tour One tour, and um, they were just amazing at Universal Amphitheater. And anyone who was following that period, that was the that was for the Savage and um, We Tour One albums. And on Savage, she does a song called "I Need a Man," and in the video, you know, very famously, big blonde wig, uh, ripped up dress, you know, mic stand. And she does this little thing in the middle. I don't need a heartbreaker. And I'm in the pit at Universal Amphitheater. And she's like leaning down with the mic stand doing it right in my face. And I'm just like. <laughs> Frozen. Uh, and um, just amazing. And they broke up for years. And she had a huge solo career. Um, and uh, they got back together. And they're, they're due for something. Because they usually come back every 10 years or so. They'll come back and they'll be like, oh, remember us? <laughs> but um, there's been some stuff on Instagram, just like photos of them, just random stuff. So I think they'll probably be coming back with something, hopefully. So but. music's amazing. Um, yeah, what I like to use, sweet dreams. Uh, um, here comes the rain again. Oh, um, must be talking to an angel. Oh, love it. Missionary man dying. Um, yeah, I mean, and then of course solo. She was amazing, but. What's the degree of separation between Shakespeare's sister and the Eurythmics? Well, I mean, Dave Stewart was married to Siobhan. They're not married anymore. They're not married anymore. Okay. Um, they were married then, and um, I think it was, I mean, I don't think, I don't think the two of them had, you know, I mean, like I've seen, video, I've seen like videos and stuff of like Siobhan with Dave at like their concerts, um, you know, she was she was his wife, um, but I don't think um, I don't think there was any kind of like anything. I mean, the only time I remember seeing them together was like, um, and I'm sure you remember who's that girl video. Bananarama were in it. Marilyn was in it. Mm. Kate Garner from Hazy Fantasy was in it. Um, Marcella was in it. I found out. And um, <laughs> and um, yeah, who's that girl was was an interesting video because it was just like. Who's that girl hanging around with you? And then like, there's this one part, and I'll probably I'll show you the video later. But like, there's a part that's like, who's that girl running around you? And like, they, they turn and it's Marilyn, my <laughs> boy George's friend Marilyn. It's like, oh what? Surprise! <laughs> Surprise! Surprise! Um, so yeah, they were really good. Um, they were just amazing. Eurythmics were, and um, I'm glad I got to see them in concert then because I think that was their. That was their kind of heyday. That was the that was the end of the first part of their, you know, tour de force. So, um, so yeah. So Eurythmics is my choice. So, Stephen, good choice. Ended up for us. We just actually talked about them. So let's dive back into Sunny and Cher, since we are in Palm Springs and Sunny Bono used to be over the land. Okay, <laughs> in, in his own little special way. Oh my God, I can say so much at that point. Okay, put a pin in that for a later, for later discuss. Um, yeah, American rock duo of entertainers made up of husband and wife, Sonny Bono and Cher. We all know Cher, love her, of course. In uh, the 60s and 70s, they started their career in the mid-60s as backup singers for recording producer Phil Spector. Really? Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. According to those. Um, two hit songs, Baby Don't Go and I Got You Babe, of course. Um, they released three studio albums in the late 60s. They had, unfortunately, soundtracks of two unsuccessful movies as well. And um, yeah, they went through a lot of tumultuous times together. But uh, 
amazing duo at, at that moment and, and period in, in time as well, nonetheless. And their TV show was very successful, and she looked amazing. And she always, Bob Mackie, turned the costumeries <laughs> out for all to wear. Tina Turner was on there, Bette Midler, I think. The Jacksons. Sarah Fawcett was on there. The I think Jacksons, everyone, yeah. the Jacksons, Diana Ross, Elton John. I think it was one of those shows that, like, people kind of didn't think that it was going to work, but it just did. And I think it, and I've seen, like, I actually had the box set of the DVDs of the TV show and um, I actually never opened it because I actually sold it to somebody you know back then whatever but um, um, yeah just their banter banter that a great rapport you know that was you he know was, she was so just kind of deadpan and he was just basically the punchline and here's the thing and we all know because we've all followed her you know what no matter no matter what she loved him more than anybody else Period. And um, she cried at his funeral. You know, she did the eulogy. Um, I mean, I can't imagine what that was like for her because, like, he was the first. Well, also, there was so much pressure on her. I mean, I sort of, I didn't sort of, I felt it, like, at my father's funeral as the grieving son to come back and mourn the father, so much less that we share with all the cameras and everybody just looking at her like, what's her reaction going to be? How is she going to handle this? So, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you never know how you're going to handle death in any way, especially if you're a celebrity in the public eye, as she was at that point. Yeah. But, yeah, they had, um, you know, they had hits, and um, she never really, I don't think she ever really, she doubted herself a lot. I know at the beginning she did. Um, and you can tell, like, if you watch the 60s, that she's really just kind of, like, you know, in her in her own little world. Posture and the whole thing. But then, bam, take me home. Yeah. Take me home. home. <laughs> and, um, you know, she went on to, I mean, to be Cher. To we, be, don't need, we don't even have to yeah, be. Yeah, that's, that's a whole episode on her. Um, so, well, Stephen, I think... Uh, I think we're at the end. I think we are. Um, Still so many choices for honorable mentions. Yes, um, which we're going to get together. And uh, we will be back momentarily with our very popular and Stephen's... What is this? Praying. He's praying. He's putting things in <laughs> I'm putting his... my hands together <laughs> under my chin and praying for honorable mentions <laughs> to go well. Of course it I'm will. I'm prepared. Um, it will. <laughs> um, so we will be back. Uh, stay tuned for more... Is this your playlist? Hey, this is Charlie Harding. And Brent Hines. We are Probe 7. And you've been listening to Is This Your Playlist? With hosts Kedrick and Stephen Michael. Available each week across all major podcast platforms. Follow them on social media and email them at isthisyourplaylist at gmail.com. I'm sorry, listeners. Due to technical difficulties, there will be no honorable mention section in this episode. We apologize for that, and we will see you next week for 4x4. Thanks.